try it again. Good morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take your Bibles and open up to the very middle, Psalms. I know some of you got on the van or the bus or the vehicle this morning and you forgot your Bible, and that's fine. We're going to actually, for this first service, we're going to put it up on the screen if possible. And uh, Psalm 1611 is where we're going to be. So if you don't have your Bible, you are still in luck because we'll show it to you up on the screen. My name is Brent, and I'm excited to be here. I've been praying about today for several weeks and even months now. How many of you have fond memories, even this past summer of camp? How many of you got hurt? How many of you got bug bites? How many of you, let's be honest, saw somebody from another church that you thought, ooh, that person might be interested? You're not being honest. Okay, be honest. At some point in your camp history, you saw somebody that you thought, oh, they look pretty nice. Okay, some of you are being honest. I'm like, I'm not being honest there. I love camp. Camp's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to be here for this one day of camp. I grew up going to camp myself, and I get to travel now being on this side of camp. I was in, I got two daughters here. How many camps were we in this summer? Four? Five? Okay. I love camp, and my kids, especially when they were younger, we we go to several camps. God's blessed us with that. My kids would go, Daddy, which camp are we going to? And I'd say the name of the camp, and they'd go, is that the one with the water slide? And they're like, no. Is that the one with the speedboat? No. Is that the one with the horses? Well, that's most of them. No. But we love camp. And I'm glad you're here for this one day of Rekindle Youth Meeting. I'm an evangelist. My home is about two hours that way in Indiana. I grew up in Florida. I'm a Florida State fan. Don't hold that against me. Uh, we play today later. I'll be checking the scores. How many of you college football fans? It's not as big in Indiana. I know that. Any Michigan, Ohio State guys? Ohio State? Yeah, they're always loud. They're insecure about themselves, I think. Um, Butler? One? Okay. Well, name your sports team. Shout it out. Did I hear Notre Dame? Georgia? Penn State? Come on. FSU, absolutely. No, go Knowles. Some of you are like, college football is not big in Indiana because, you know, we have Indiana. We do have Notre Dame, I guess. And there's what, two or three of you? You got quiet all of a sudden. I don't, I, no, I'm not, no. <laughs> But anyway, I enjoy all those things like you do. But I'm from Indiana. I, my home church is in Illinois. Why do you go to church in Illinois? Well, I don't live in Illinois because I like my freedoms. That's why I live in Indiana. And so it's great to be here. We drove over actually this morning from Ohio. So if you're confused yet, then yes, I am as well. I'm going to be preaching over there tomorrow through Wednesday. But I get to travel preaching in a lot of places, and I think this microphone is slipping a little bit, so let me adjust this real quick. But I'm excited to be here. And some of you are sitting here right now wondering, why should I listen to you? And I was thinking about that, and there really isn't a good reason that you should listen to me. But this is going to be opened, and this is the reason that every one of us should listen. And if you don't have one in front of you, it's going to be up on the screen there. And this has the power to change my life and to change your life. And I'm going to ask that we, as we get started, we're going to pray in a minute. And let me ask you, as we pray, uh, to do something. To pray quietly yourself. It'd be weird if we prayed out loud, wouldn't it? It'd be 
kind of, I've been to churches that do that. Okay, let's pray. And everyone starts. It was freaky. Only a few churches have done that. But it'd be weird if we all prayed out loud. It'd be kind of distracting. But when I pray out loud, I want you to pray quietly. Pray and ask God to help you get this, this today what he wants for you. Because every single one of you, doesn't matter who you are, what you are, where you are, God has something from his word for you specifically. And so when I pray out loud, you pray quietly, asking God to help you pay attention. Because some of you are in these nice hoodies. I'm seeing these. And you know what happens? You've been outside playing in the cold. What happens when you come into a nice, comfortable pew in a darker environment and it's a little bit warmer? What happens? Yes. Thank you for illustrating that. Some of you are already halfway there, it looks like. So I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray too that you'll be able to stay focused and stay connected into what God has for you. Because the Word of God today and these three times is going to challenge each and every one of us. And my goal in being here is to be a help. So while I pray out loud, you pray quietly. I've seen a lot of kids do this. I, I see this at camp every summer. I get to preach in a lot of Christian schools too. And I see this happen a lot. I see the slide. And some of you, if you've heard me preach before, you may have seen me do this. I see the slide. And this is what the slide is. We're singing the songs. Then we sit down. and t- Okay, take your Bibles. And you see the slide. And the slide goes like this. Yeah, thanks for illustrating that, buddy. Appreciate that. Yeah. Just kind of slide down. You get comfortable. And some of you get your, you get your neck going. I got a long neck, so I can't do it. Some of you have a shorter neck, so you can kind of just like rest your head on your shoulders. You have a lot of practice in school, I'm sure, don't you? You homeschoolers don't know what that's like. But some of you, you, you sit there and you, you, you're kind of like... I, I've seen it. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I realize sometimes we're just tired. But for the next few minutes, I'm going to ask that you stay alert to what the Word of God has to say. And Lord willing, we're going to learn this verse this morning. That's Saturday, Brent. I don't want to learn anything. We're going to learn a verse. Can we do that? Okay. Let's pray first and ask God's help on this time. Father, we need you. We're excited to be here. We pray that you would give us safety as we play the games, that you'd uh, keep our spirits in check. Thank you for this cooler weather. But Father, for the next few minutes, would you help us listen to your word? Would we be different because of what your word says to us? And I ask that you would convict, you would encourage, you would challenge every single person here, teenagers, adults, sponsors, everybody, myself included, to understand and know your word better. Lord, I need you in Jesus' name. And protect my family while I'm away in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Got the verse up there? If you've got it in front of you, you can read it as well. Say it together. Can we say it aloud? Can you do that? I don't know if I can, Brent. That's too hard. Okay, say it with me. Here we go. Psalm 1611. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy pleasures forevermore. I don't necessarily have a life verse. I have a life book. It's called the Bible. But I have often use this verse. In fact, it's been on the wall of our home at times as well. It's an incredible passage. And I want you to see three phrases from this and three truths that we're going to walk out of here in a few minutes with. Number one, look at that first phrase, thou wilt show me the path of life. God has a plan for you. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how old you are, God has a plan for you. That phrase, thou wilt show me the path of life, means number one, God has a plan for me Number two, I can know it. And this is encouraging because some of you are, how many juniors and seniors do we have in the room? How many juniors and seniors in college do we have? 
Okay, a couple of you. Yeah. And some of you at this junior, senior time frame, especially when you get to be a senior, like, what am I supposed to do? How am I, where am I supposed to go? How many of you seniors, especially, you've got like seven, eight months now, have no clue what's going to happen after May? Okay, some of you, yeah. Good news. God's got a plan for you. Look at that phrase again. You can look at your Bible or you can look up here on the screen. Look what it says there. Thou wilt show me the path of life. God says, or David's speaking here, and it's, it's the word of God. He says, thou wilt show me the path of life. I don't know you, and you don't know me. And some of you may be wondering here in a few minutes if you want to know me. But I do know this. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter gender, uh, age, anything. God has a plan for you. You know the, the largest group demographic that is committing suicide in our country? It's you guys. Especially 16 to 21 year olds. There's a lot of factors that play into it, but a lot of it is hopelessness. Because if we are just the product of primordial soup, if there is really no essence of anything, if there's no underlying purpose, as the postmodernism says, then why live? I'm just playing into someone else's narrative. I don't have a purpose. But no, no, no. The worldview of Christianity, the Bible, says something completely different. You have a purpose because God has a plan for you. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter your skill sets. And some of you are like, Brent, I've got a lot of skills. I've got college offers. I've got scholarship opportunities. I've got, I've done. Some of you are like, eh, not me. <laughs> doesn't matter. God has a plan for you. Look again at that first phrase, Thou wilt show me the path of life. And what you and I have to do in order to find fulfillment, and we'll talk about this in a second as well, in order for you and I to understand and know and grow and to be who we need to be, we need to realize God has a plan for me. There are some Christians who think that, well, you know, it's just this general will. You get, become a Christian and you just do the will of God. You know, like, don't lie, don't cheat. Don't, don't be immoral, be pure, all those things. And that definitely is part of God's will. But beyond that, God has something specific that he's designed for each and every one of you. Something that meets your skill sets. How many of you enjoy science? Some of you are like, is that okay to raise? Yeah, you can raise your hand. How many of you enjoy vehicles? How many of you enjoy um, history? Yeah, some of you should your hands right up. Do you know that God knows all that? Because he designed you. He made you. And though you may not know it right now, you may not understand it, what I want you to leave here thinking is this. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for my life. And this is an incredible truth. God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. When I was in high school, which I know for some of you may seem, oh, those years ago, decades ago. It was a couple decades ago now. But it, it, time has flown. When I was in high school, I used to think to myself, there's no way that I could do what God wants me to do. There's no way that I could be a preacher. There's no way that I could stand in front of people. I, I couldn't do it. I would, do you do oral book reports? Again, if you're homeschooled, I'm sorry. Um, hopefully you get some sort of interaction with people. I'm picking on homeschoolers because my wife was one of my daughters. Are, they're here and they're, they're homeschooled as well. You can smile, girls. They're like, Dad, come on. Anyway, I would do oral book reports. Have you ever done an oral book report? Yeah? Okay. You stand up, get your three-by-five card, and you, you... I would stand in front of the class and shake. 
there's no way. There's no way I can talk to people. And God, you got a plan for me? You want me to be a preacher? Pah, no way. And yet God began directing my steps and guiding me. God has a plan for every single one of you. And it, granted, many of you probably won't be standing in front of people like I will be. But no matter who you are, no matter what you are, God has a plan for you. Now say that first phrase with me. Thou wilt show me the path of life. Can you say it with a little bit more authority? Thou wilt show me the path of life. And some of you juniors and seniors, you need this right now. You need to understand that God has a plan for you. And if God has a plan for me, secondly, this phrase means that he'll, he'll show it to you. I get asked a lot, Brent, how do I know God's will for my life? Fair question. I'm in camp a lot. I'm at Christian schools. I'm interacting uh, at revival meetings. And I have young people, and even some not-so-young people come up to me, hey, Brent, hey. How am I supposed to know God's will for my life? You want to know God's will for your life? How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Okay, here it is. Listen carefully. Put on deodorant. You're like, Brett, I want to know God's will for my life. Okay, brush your teeth. Brent, come on. Okay, you want more? Clean your room. Some of you are like, I don't know if I can do God's will for my life. <laughs> okay, obey your parents. Ooh, yeah, I heard some under... Mm. Do your homework? Some of you are like, oh, I don't know. Well, here, here it is. Here's simply what it is. You walk with God today. How many of you at the camp you've gone to, maybe this past year, years past, you've had a bonfire service? Can I see your hand? And you've walked out maybe into the woods or maybe to the center of the camp. They build this big bonfire. Okay, you're at the fire and you're enjoying it. You're singing. You're maybe praising God. It's been a moving time. When it's time to go back to the cabin, or maybe it's not even a camp, you're somewhere else. And you need some way to get back. Because at camp you wouldn't have your phone with you. But when you're walking away from a fire and it's nighttime and you need to shine your light somewhere, you, what do you do now? You pull your phone out, right? And you shine it. You wouldn't at camp, obviously, because you don't have your phone. But you shine your flashlight where? The dark. So if, let's say i got a mile to go, do I take my little flashlight here and shine it down the road? Ah, it's not working. I can't see a mile down the road. Would that be silly? Where do I shine the light? Right at my feet. And then after I shine it down there, what do I do? I take a step. And what happens? The light goes with me, right? I keep taking steps each day, each moment, and the light goes with me. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Here's how you know God's will for your life. Walk with God today. Do what he wants you to right now. If you had told me 20 years ago, Brent, you're going to be doing this, 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 and this, I'd say, uh-uh-uh, and ain't no way. But what happened? I began walking with God, and sadly, not until I was a senior in high school that I began to consistently walk with God. I wasted a lot of years. But you know what happens? The light of God's word showed me, here's where you're going to go to college. Here's where you're going to study. Here's what you're going to do after college. Here's who you're not going to marry. Here's definitely who you're not going to marry. Here, oh, here's who you're going to marry. Praise the Lord. 
And the light of God's Word showed me all those things along the path. And I walk with God. And I'm to the point now where I can look back. Have you ever walked away from a fire? And then you look back at the fire and you say, Oh, I can see my path now. Because you couldn't see it while you're walking away because you're looking right here. But you can look back because the fire, oh, I can see, oh man, I missed that rock. Whew, man, that, I missed that ditch. Praise the Lord. I'm to the point where I can see a little bit how God has worked in my past. But I do know this, that God has a plan for me. And God has a plan for you. And how are you going to know it? By taking the light of God's word daily and walking in truth. Walk in the light. And as you and I walk in the light, we have fellowship with the Son, as First John tells us. And what happens is that we will do that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's an amazing truth. David says very confidently, look again at that first phrase, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Can you say with me, ladies? Just the gals. Here we go. Thou wilt. That was weak. Say it again, ladies. Here we go. Thou wilt. Okay, guys, can we do a... I know this is not junior church, but can we do a little bit better than that? Some of the guys are like, yeah. I'm going to show you how this is done now. Here we go, guys. Say it with me. Thou wilt. Oh, yeah. No offense, girls, but I think you can do better next time. God has a plan for you. Thou wilt show me the path of life. God has a plan for you, and you can know it. Some of you are in junior high right now. What's God's will for my life? Obey your parents. Obey your leadership, obey the pastor, be in church, be faithful, read your Bible. Some of you are starting to ask questions about, well, where do I go to college? He will show you. He will direct you. Get some information on the tables on your way out. Research. Walk with him. Trust him. He'll show you the path of life. And some of you are still maybe even sponsors. You're like, where am I supposed to do it? I'll be honest, my wife and I are approaching a time right now in our life where we're questioning a few things and not questioning the goodness of God, but we're questioning what should we do, how should we do it, what are we... And we have to walk with God. We have to heed these same principles. There never comes a point in time in our life where we have it all figured out. When I was your age, I thought to myself, you know, when I'm old, like 23 or something, I'll have all of life figured out and I'll know God's will for my life. Never happens. You always walk with God. And King David said, what's your plan? What's, his job is to be king. He said, thou wilt show me the path of life. And if God will show King David, he'll show you and I. It's a promise. God has a will for each one of you. It involves your passions, your desires, your ambitions. And as we surrender those to God, he fulfills us in an incredible way. And not only that, we can know it. That's the first phrase. Look with me at the second phrase. Can you say it with me? In thy presence is fullness of joy. So not only does God have plan for us, but secondly, look what it says here. God has purpose for us. In thy presence is fullness of joy. I, I've come to realize something, and I, I keep having to learn this lesson over and over again. Things can't satisfy. They can't. How many of you ever went to, uh, as a kid, or maybe even recently, you saved up for something? You spent a while saving up for something. Can I see your hand? Any of you into Legos? I, I just, somebody, oh, <laughs> yes, you're speaking my language. When I was, oh, I don't know, eight, so for a while ago, when I was eight years old, I saved up for a year 
a year's birthday money, a year's mowing the yards, a year of everything. And I saved up and bought this $89 Lego set, which was a lot of money that long ago. I saved up. And I remember I went to Toys R Us. Do any of you know what Toys R Us? Okay, it, it, bygone era. Went to Toys R Us, and I picked it off the shelf, walked up, and I didn't have enough money because I forgot about tax. That was my first realization, like, oh, it's more money, more yards. But anyway, I walked home, I got in the van, I'm excited, this is great, I was so excited, I'd saved so much, but I realized something right then. It couldn't satisfy the itch. How many of you have ever looked forward to getting a new phone? And you're like, oh, this new phone, it's the, the XG34SB5 that it folds and flips and wipes your nose for you too. And you get the new phone, and what happens? It doesn't meet the need, does it? Or you drop it. Or the new model comes out two weeks later, and your phone's like, this is junk now. It can't satisfy. And no matter what you and I perceive that can satisfy, and some people live, well, if I get a scholarship, then I'll be, if I get a position on that ball team, if I get a position in this club, if I get, if I get accepted in this group, if I get this relationship with that special someone, if I, get, if, I have, look, if I get a picture with them on my Facebook account or a social media or Instagram account, then I'd be somebody special. It can't satisfy. Nothing, nothing, nothing can satisfy. So not only does God give us a plan, but secondly, look what it says there. Can you say that word again, that phrase with me? In thy presence is fullness of joy. Say it with me. In thy presence is fullness of joy. God gives you purpose. And it's only, only, only when you walk with Him. Hey friends, you and I were made to walk with God. You and I were made to know Him and to walk with Him. And if you seek for, well, if I, if I get to accept in this, this group, then I'll be happy. No, you won't. If, if I get accepted into this college, if I get this kind of job, if I make this much money, if I can drive this type of car, or if I can just drive a car, some of you, still won't satisfy. It can't. It's broken. It's empty. It, it can't satisfy. And what God is trying to, us to, to help us with, not in that verse, the next verse up, Got changed over. Verse 11. Went backwards. But anyway, Psalm 1611, some of you know it already, but I'll just say it. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. God wants you and I to understand that it's only knowing God, it's only walking with Him, it's only trusting Him. And some of you are empty right now. You're seeking everything, and you're, you're well, I'm going to get involved in this. And you're, you're making your life busy. And I'm going to get involved in this club, and maybe that will fulfill me. I'm going to get involved in this, and maybe if I get a relationship with this person, maybe if I get this much money, if I, maybe if I wear these type of clothes, maybe if I have that type of phone, maybe it's still going to leave you empty. It's still going to leave you empty. How many of you have ever been hurt by friends? A couple times. How many of you, your friends hurt you, and you don't think they even knew that they hurt you? Yeah. All of us. Because if we're looking for happiness in all these different places, we're going to be unfulfilled. But you and I, yes, you, I'm Brent, I'm just 12, I'm just 13. Yes, you, at that age, were made for a relationship with God. And the only thing that can satisfy, the only thing that can give you and I purpose, is walking with Him. In thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy presence. Is fullness of joy. And friends, it doesn't matter how good at school you are, it doesn't matter how popular you are, it doesn't matter how talented, how athletic or unathletic, 
doesn't matter how good looking you are. None of that matters. The fact is that you today can have a walk with God that meets all of your deepest needs and longings. You can walk with God and they can meet so many of your needs. And when you and I try to seek for positions or possessions or acceptance in whatever capacity, it doesn't satisfy. It can't satisfy. But hear what David says here. God's got a plan for you. That's encouraging. God has a will for my life and I can know it. Not only that, God has purpose for me. My purpose of my life is to know him in thy presence is fullness of joy. That's where it's at. And friends, my goal for you this morning is that you will see that your purpose in life can only be satisfied, only be fulfilled when you walk with Christ. Only. Some of you may be sitting there thinking, Brent, I don't walk with Christ. What's this? I'm religious. I go to church. I've been baptized. But I don't know what you mean by this walk. It sounds kind of like it's a relationship. Exactly. I'll say more to this in the next chapel, Lord willing. But I'm not a big fan of religion. I'm not. Baptist church. Yeah, I know. Religion has done more to harm, hurt, kill, and hinder people's walk with God. What I'm impassioned about is relationship. It's a relationship with an almighty God. And David said, in thy presence is fullness of joy. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about King David's life. Was he successful? Was he? Yes. Good, bad, ugly, he had relationships. He had what he wanted. Did he have money? Yep. Did he have fulfillment? Did he have respect from people? Yes. But he came to realize that none of that matters. It can't can't fulfill me. In thy presence is fullness of joy. So number one, God has a plan for you. God has a will for you. You can know it. Number two, God has purpose for you. Number three, look at that last phrase. Look what it says there. You can look down at your Bible. You can look up on the screen. At thy right hand, there are, what does that say? Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, time out. I thought you said pleasure. Is that what you said? Pleasure? Brent, come on, we're in church. We can't have pleasure in church. Because we're, we're in church talking about the things of God. So we have to get stuffy about it, and we can't have any fun. We're talking about church things. Pleasure? Pleasure is what I do when I want to do what I want to do. Church? Well, I kind of have to. If that's your attitude, you're, miss, you're missing it. You've got the wrong attitude, friend. I'm convinced that a lot of us look at Christianity. We look at a relationship with God the entirely wrong way. We look at it as though we look at eating our vegetables. How many of you like veggies? Okay. I brought a veggie today, broccoli. How many of you love broccoli? How many of you put ranch on it? Do any of you saute it? You may not, but your mom may. My wife does. She takes, breaks it apart, sautés it in a cast iron skillet with olive oil with a little bit of red robin. You know the burger restaurant? Do you have any red robins around here? Get their seasoning sometimes. Oh, man. That is the way I like my veggies. Anyway, that was free. Hope you're, are you hungry yet? Getting there? Yeah. Anyway, broccoli's good, isn't it? You read your science book or your health book. It's good for you. It has minerals. It helps your eyes, whatever cases. It, it's good. But be honest. If you had the choice between broccoli and uh, you pick your own, but your favorite candy bar, 
I got Reese's uh, peanut butter bars here. That looks good. And how many of you like the Hershey's white chocolate? Yeah? How many? Snickers? Three Musketeers? Rolos? Almond Joy? Get older. Your tastes change. Okay, so we got your favorite candy bar here. You pick it right here. Or broccoli. I know there's some of you, I'm going to say pick broccoli. I'm going to pick. But be honest. It's okay to be honest. Be honest. You, you love broccoli? You don't like chocolate? Well, what, what would be your poison that you would like? You're not a sweets guy? So what do you do for, like, dessert? Wow. Man. He could teach us all. For the rest of us here... Many of us look at Christianity like we look at eating our vegetables. We know it's good for us. It's got nutrients. Mom is making me. It's good for me. We look at the world like we look at this stuff. Oh, man, yeah, we've got to go to church and got to go to camp and eat the vegetables. It's good for me, I think, but it's not really pleasurable. Man, the world, those movies, the music, the life, the acceptance, the clubs, Man, we've got it all wrong, completely wrong. Let me ask you this. Be honest. Is there pleasure in sin? Yes. 10, 15, 20 minutes of exhilaration. Then a lifetime of hurt, brokenness, regret, and pain. There's pleasure in sin for a season. Whether it be a couple months, a couple weeks, a couple hours, a couple years, but then there's hurt, brokenness, and scars. But, but look at this verse again. Psalm 1611. Is the Bible true? Is the Bible true? Is this verse true? At thy right hand there are what? For how long? How long is forevermore? a long time, right? So let's do some math. Can we do some math this morning? So we're like, no, Brent, it's Saturday. Okay, which is greater? You guys with me? You with me? Okay, which is greater? A short period of pleasure, 20 minutes, or eternity of pleasure? Which is bigger? Are you sure about that? Is that your final answer? Okay. Here's what happens. I was a teenager once too. I'm still part of this world. I, I live in this world. I see the movies, the music. The, the I, I don't know what pulls you and I. I know it pulls me. But we're all, we all have that pull. And here's what we have to do. We have to realize that God has things for us that we think may just be like broccoli, but actually they're pleasure. You walk with God, He not only has a plan for you, He has purpose for you, but God Himself has pleasure for you. And I can tell you, if you believe the Word of God at face value, and say, God, I'm going to believe what you say, I'm going to believe your Word over my feelings, over what this world says, I'm going to believe that you have pleasure for me. I'm going to save what I can till that day that you give me a spouse. I'm going to walk with you. I'm not going to indulge in the pleasures of sin for a season. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to trust you. 
There is pleasure forevermore. It's an incredible blessing that you walk with God. You get to, you get to have an incredible time of your life. I'm, you don't know me. Many of you are just meeting me. My name is Brent. I'm, I'm a normal guy. I'm an average guy. Not that smart. I've been to 49 states and 20 countries. What, doing what? Walking with God. I've gotten to meet an incredible food. I've sat down to dinner with Medal of Honor winners. I, I've, I've talked with kings in their throne room. Why? Because you're cool? No. Because I got to walk with God. I have an incredible wife. I'll probably try to get my picture of my family up here for the next service. But I got an incredible wife and six wonderful kids. I am so blessed. Why? Because Europe was, because you're a pre- No. Because at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And you walk with God. You trust Him. You say, God, I'm going to do your will. I'm going to walk with your plan. I'm going to trust that you're good. I'm going to walk with you. God, I'm going to have pleasure forevermore. Not just right now, but for all of this life and for all of eternity. That's far better than anything this world can throw at you. Anything. But you've got a choice. Are you going to trust Him? And we start here because if this cog isn't in your wheelhouse, then nothing else works. Why don't you stop for a second? I got a question. I want you to answer honestly internally. Don't say it out loud. Is God good? Some of you, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. I realize we're in church. You've, you've sung the songs. God is so good. He's so good. To, you, you know the answers, but stop for a second. Is God good? Listen carefully. How you personally answer that question will determine the rest of your life. So, so important. Friends, I'm trying to help us understand that God is so good. God's got a plan for you. The world does too, but it's going to leave you broken. God has a plan for you, and you can know, he's got purpose for you. The world says it does, but it leaves you empty. Knowing him, walking with him, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And God's got pleasure for you. Not just now, but forevermore. Remember back, well you don't remember, but you've heard the stories, but you remember back to the story of the garden? Satan tempting Eve? What was one of the lies? The essence of, there were several lies there, but the essence of one of them was like, God's keeping something from you. God knows that if you ate it, you'd be like him. God's keeping something from you. And that lie is still so prevalent today for every single one of us. And some of you walked into this room today and you're thinking to yourself, well, Brent, I would maybe go to a Christian college, but God's probably going to keep something from me. What? Is God good? Brent, I, I would go to a... Uh, I, would, I would surrender my life to do what God wants me to do, but God would probably keep goodness from me. I probably wouldn't have a good time. I probably wouldn't have fun. I had one young person years ago tell me, Brent, I would, I would go to a Christian college, but you know, God would probably send me to Africa or something. I don't want to go to Africa. Another young lady told me, and I would never have believed it unless she told me, she said, Brent, I, I would trust God. I would surrender and give my life to God, but he'll probably make me marry someone ugly. I don't know, I have no idea where that lady is, that, that gal is today. This was decades ago. But if she keeps in that vein of thought, I can tell you where her life, her trajectory. But if you and I say, God, you're good, you've got a plan for me. 
You've got purpose for me. You've got pleasure for me. I can tell you the direction of your life. I can't know God's will for your life, but I can tell you the direction you're headed. And it's a good one. Can you say this verse with me and we'll be finished? Say it with me. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Very quickly, we're going to pray in a second, but as we could, can we just close our eyes for a second? How do we say, Brent, this morning, I realized, and God encouraged me, God challenged me, would you pray for me? I know and I see again that God has a plan for me. God spoke, God used his word to challenge me. God has a plan for me, and I'm thankful for that. Would you lift your hand to that? God has a plan, and I want to know it even. Praise the Lord. How many say, Brent, I have sought for purpose in all of these things, whether it be sports or clubs or athletics or academics or whatever the case is. I've sought for purpose there, and it hasn't fulfilled. And I see today that my purpose is only in knowing Christ. That's where I find in thy presence is fullness of joy. God spoke, God convicted. That's where my purpose is. Would you raise your hand to that? Praise the Lord. Finally, let me ask this. Would there be anybody that would be honest? And I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to pray for you here in a second. Be honest enough to say, Brent, I've I got to be honest. I've struggled with whether or not God is good. I've struggled with whether or not there actually is pleasure in Christianity, in the Bible way. Would you pray for me? No one's looking, but I would like to pray for you. I won't mention you by name. Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else? I've struggled whether or not there's truly goodness in God. I've struggled with whether God is good. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Can I pray for anyone else? Several of you just raised your hand just now. I'm struggling whether or not God is good. Okay. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for Psalm 1611. Help us to know that you have a plan for us, you have purpose for us, and you have incredible pleasure for us, not just now, but for all of eternity. Would you help us to live and operate, and know, and grow, and, and enjoy you, and enjoy the plans that you have for us. Would you help those specifically who admitted that they're struggling with whether or not God is good, and perhaps all of us do at times. Would you help them to see that God is good, that can be trusted, the Bible way is truth, and that we can depend completely on him. We don't have to listen to the world, but we can walk in truth. We can know you. Would you help them to see that you have pleasure for your children? Lord, we love you. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen.